Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. We're old ladies yelling at clouds right now. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. All my muffin is under my belly button. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. When you weigh, you know, 90 pounds, they look pretty cute. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. I have never done anything with my eyebrows. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week we're talking about why is this a thing? Let me tell you, brace yourselves, settle in. This episode is going to be 17 and a half hours long. It's like the hall closet that's overly full of sports equipment. Why are all of these things a why? thing? It, like in prepping for this episode, I got more and more angry. I was like, I didn't even remember that. But now I'm mad it's a thing. I was getting side texts from family members, too, for this episode. Like, don't forget this. Like, make sure to have this one on. Yeah. Again, settle in. Yeah. This is going to be a marathon. Like, get some snacks, get a comfy seat because we're going to be here a while. First, I have a mailbag for you. But first, mailbag. Mailbag. It better be a short one. <laughs> Jessa on Facebook said, I listened to the safe spaces episode last weekend. Like, should we be safe spaces for our kids? That's a good episode if you haven't listened to that one yet. And she says, I want to say that Amy's description of shared dysregulation, in other words, like when your kid's cranky, you're cranky. When your kid is having a hard time, they want you to also have a hard time and they will try to, you know, give you the same mood they have. There's a name for that, she says. It's actually called negative attunement. She said it's like misery loves company, but between a parent and a kid. So it's negative attunement. Watch this space for heavy use of that term. Oh, yes. Amy will be doing a deep dive. Right. Next week, negative attunement. Normally, I say don't come at Amy on her research, but this was actually a value add. This was an improv yes and. Yes. And it really took you to a new level. And Amy will be spending this week, after we talk for 17 hours about why is this a thing, Amy will be going into a marathon session of researching negative attunement. It's my lived experience. And I also <laughs> am going to. <laughs> it's validating. I feel seen and also agree. Yeah. Thanks, Jessa. Amy, we went to our Facebook page as we are wont to do. And from Target's all prairie dresses all the time pivot to over the top kids birthday parties. What's something you just kind of wonder? Why is this a thing? Okay, I'm ready. Hit me. 
Yes. And I have to explain because I got some questions. One, we have someone assisting us on the show now who is young. She is a youth. (laughs) And she was like, what does this mean, Target Prairie dresses? And I realized there are people who don't spend as much time as we do in Target. Like they don't. And I explained like, well, at Target now, all of the mannequins are wearing weird, like Little House on the Prairie farm dresses. And she said, well, why are they doing that? And I said, exactly. Why indeed? Why is this a thing? <laughs> but in case you're not aware, if you don't live in Target as I do, a lot of... they. I think it's kind of ending now, but for a while they pivoted to really strange prairie dresses for moms. And then there were a lot of hilarious Instagrams where women were wearing them and like standing out in their backyards with pitchforks. And it was hilarious. Like everyone looked like a really depressed ma from Little House on the Prairie. Those were in style. Like when I graduated from high school, I'm wearing like an absolute like tablecloth, like lace tablecloth, like a gunny sacks dress. Well, Deluxe Alert. Back in my day. And the key is it has to be really tight across the chest. Yes. And then have a random ruffle running down the seam that attaches the sleeve. Yeah. And again, like, this is not something that looks good on 98% of the population. Maybe 99.5% of the population. Like, I'm not really sure. I think, again, we're getting distracted. We're going to get back. Okay. Cottagecore. Have you heard that term? No, but I mean, I get it. Like, negative attunement, I deeply understand it. Yeah. The super youngs, I think, had gotten into this look that they call cottagecore. Like, long... Laura Ashley type dresses with like these little boots and it was Little House on the Prairie-esque, but it's the wrong look for moms. Leave that to the youngs. Mm-mm. Leave it to the super youngs. Yeah. The super youngs. The middle youngs don't know about it. The little youngs are doing cottage core, and we're just confused. Feeling it. All right. Let's just get this one out of the way because we've talked about it enough. If you don't know my stance by now, go back and review the podcast. Birthday goodie bags. We know that this is my, uh, what do you call it, Amy? My pet peeve. Yes. <laughs> this is really something I'm against. I often say that instead of goodie bags, we should just contract with Party City to deliver the goodie bags directly to the dumpster and cut out the middleman. Like, why should I hand it to someone else on the way to the dumpster? Mm-hmm. Carrie says, why are birthday goodie bags sent to school This is not something that happens in our school. I know people either love or hate goodie bags, but I enjoy giving goodie bags to a party gift. But to send 25 goodie bags and multiple treat for kids, why? I mean, this is not something that happens at my school, and I don't think it would be allowed. No. Especially our school has pretty much gone food free at this point. And then uh, Rachel just says, goodie bags at kids' parties. I don't think I need to expand why. We all hate them. Let's stop the madness. Rachel and I are going to, I'm going to quit the podcast. Rachel's going to leave her family, and we are going to go on tour nationwide as anti-goodie bag crusaders. But that's like goodie bags, like QED. I have to go back for one second, Amy. Okay. You love the phrase QED. Yes. And it is now time in the podcast for me to admit that I have no idea what that stands for. Oh, it's a mathematical thing. It's a geometry thing. QED means quod erat demonstrandum in Latin. It means... That's already been proven. Like a triangle is three sides. Facts already in evidence, as we say on Law and Order. Right. 
A triangle is three sides QED. Like, I don't need to go through explaining that to you. Like, we're going to start from that point that a triangle has three sides. So, like, party bags absolutely shouldn't exist. QED. QED, thanks to five years of this podcast. Wow. I'm glad I hate to interrupt <laughs> you, but I am glad because you've said it like four times and I'm always like, I don't know what that means, but I guess everyone else does. But I think now that I've heard it, no one else knew what it meant. Yeah. Well, yeah. Unless you're a mathematician. Yeah. QED. Sometimes Amy flies a little close to the sun and we have to bring her back. We have to bring her back. All right. But let's talk about summer camp signups, because this one, I think, is something that we need to newly establish as a problem. Laura says, why are summer camp signups like concert tickets this Monday morning? I'd be logged into my account and ready to sign up at 7 a.m. for local science camps. And like four minutes later, 50 sessions were sold out. And then your kid can't go this summer and they're crying. Like, why is that? Why do they create scarcity around summer camps? Or is it just that, like, there's only so many good summer camps, like concert tickets, like there's just only so many. But this is why my children basically like don't participate in after school activities, because now the pandemic has frozen it all. But there used to be like a day where at 830 in the morning, you had to be like either exactly finger above the button or possibly, I think when we first moved here, lined up in person at a building in town so that your kid got into chocolate club and wasn't stuck in like... You know, I don't know, one of the card game club or something they didn't want to do. I'm sure there are people who love card games, but whatever, a club they weren't into. And there was always like kickball was, you know, like anything just like generally athletic was kind of left at the bottom. Mm -hmm. But I have just accepted that I am a mom who cannot do these things. And this is the first summer and my kids are 13, 12 and 10 that we have no summer plans. Wow. We decided to save the summer camp money. We're going to go on two nice trips. And then I'm going to hire a bunch of local teenagers to come and chase my children in circles around the house. That is what we are doing. That's the plan. Like Darth Vader with the boombox at your kid's birthday party. Oh, my God. I wish I could remember what episode <laughs> that was, because if you haven't heard it, it's my favorite story in the world. That like He showed up and breakdanced, which is definitely outside the Darth Vader canon. That's not in the show Bible. Yeah. <laughs> we hired a really random Darth Vader who I was like, what do you do? What do you do? What's the plan? And he was like, what did he say, Amy? What was the first? We have fun. You said we have fun. And like he just started breakdancing and then the kids started attacking him. And that was the whole party. Like they he would run and the kids would all chase him and try to kill him, I suppose, was what they were trying to do. Best party ever. And that's camp this summer. I'm going to hire a local child to run and my kids will chase them. You know, it, not standing in line for something. This came up when my son was signing up for his first semester of college classes that you don't have to go stand in the long line anymore and hope that, you know, it's not sold out when you get up there. He had a log on at 7 a.m. I like made sure he was up. I sat next to him and he had his, you know, plan A and his plan B. And again, like the Ajita over it being 7.02 a.m. and all 350 available spots in Spanish 101 were gone. And then also math gone. Like I didn't understand it. Now that you have data, large university, why don't you have enough Spanish 101 for freshmen? Like that just seemed crazy to me. When we were standing in line, you had an excuse. Now it's like, if there aren't enough science camps, Museum of Science, open a second science camp, you'll make twice as much money. I don't understand. Put me in charge. Yeah, Amy, we're ready for you to take over the camps <laughs> of America, yeah. all the camps. Because I'd love to do that. I would love to. You're like, hi, I'm Amy Wilson, <laughs> CEO of every camp everywhere. 
This was Disney World was like this. There's an app. If you've been, you know. And they just recently redid the app. Very controversial. I don't know anything about that because we only did it the new way. But you have to, it's 630 in the morning. You have to like have your finger hovered over the app. And then at seven o'clock, like we've started with a large spousal fight every morning where I was like, you're going for Rise of the Resistance. I'm going for Runaway <laughs> Train. And like he would get runaway train. And I'm like, no, you were supposed to do it. I mean, it's wild. Like what a world. Yeah. I think they think we want like that scarcity, you know, adrenaline more than we do. We consider that. Ugh, I don't know what's going on. We don't want it. Amy, I have to pick, I have a bone to pick with Rebecca. She says, why are wide leg low rise jeans a trend? Seriously? I will stick with my old-fashioned high-rise, even if it makes me look a million years old. I'm a mid-rise person. What are you? I love a wide-leg jean, as you well know. I mean, I like my jeans to be like, if I could get a pair of jeans that were like two circus tents, that would be my ideal. I really, really like wide jeans. I like them to flare out at the bottom like bell bottoms. I like a wide jean. Okay, they're back. Good news. They're back. I know. But I will say, and I do think that this is true, I'm tall. And I do know that for my shorter friends, I think that wide leg jeans are maybe easier to wear when you're tall. I could see it. Like a short person with short legs wearing really wide leg pants might look stranger than a tall person. Is that a thing? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been jean shopping recently with my 14-year-old and the jeans she wants to wear and half the store is like mom jeans, like, you know, super mom jeans. They're all called like mom pants, mom jeans. And that's what she wants more than anything. And they're like the um, SNL mom jeans, Tina Fey, like skit about like, look how unflattering these jeans are that are really high and tight in the waist and then kind of balloon out over the hips. Yeah, that's another trend. Mom jeans. Yeah. Never liked high rise jeans, like jeans that button at my belly button. Yeah, I'm seeing them like, yeah, I'm not going back to low rise. You like low rise. I like low rise. They hit me right. I have a little, you know, I have a little always pregnant belly. I carry all my weight between my belly button and below. And so the low rise jeans, like they cradle my little pooch in a way that I enjoy. It doesn't come out over the, that's the problem with the low rise is that like, I wondered why muffin top was like an, a new parlance that came in, you know, like in the 2000s, like mid 2000s. Why would we come up with this new term muffin top? Why had there never been a term before? What did women, you know, postpartum women have before? They didn't have a muffin top because they weren't low rise pants. They were in higher pants that hit you at the waist. No. See, if I wear higher pants, then I really get muffin top. I feel like all my pooch, all my muffin is under my belly button. So a low rise hits me just right. But somehow if I go too high, then the muffin tops. But the muffin top comes out over the top of the high rise? I mean, you're learning a lot about my personal biology, probably too much. Amy, everyone is built in different shapes. Everybody's different and everybody's great, okay? And wherever your jeans fit you best is right for you. Or don't fit you best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the comfiest. While we're on the topic of uh, kids' clothes, a lot of thoughts about crop tops for five-year-olds... And 14-year-olds, like, can we please get shirts that go all the way to the pants? It's very hard to do. Yeah, my daughter, 10, is just starting, and she likes the way it looks. You know, she likes them short. And I am, I finally bought a bunch of, like, camisoles, and I'm like, if it's riding up over your belly, you have to put this underneath over your pants. I don't want to see your belly. I'm an old lady. Like, put some clothes on. 
Look, I mean, Britney Spears was doing it 20 years ago. So it's like it's back again. And only it's now it's our kids. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to do a whole other episode about like, how much does it matter what our kids wear? But like, I really don't want to see my 10 year old in an outfit that feels sexy to me. Yes. But I, I would like, let's put a pin in that and like have a longer discussion about that. Cause I, okay. I'm not sure what the right answer is. Like, how much should I control what she wears? How much say should I have? Let's do an episode on that. Right. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah. And then the other thing is like the slogans on the t shirts. I saw a t shirt for children somewhere. And the slogan on it said, I will spend your money, like a girl's t shirt. It's wild what's out there. Like, what's going on? We're not for it, Amy. We're going to do a whole episode, but we know we're against that. We're old ladies yelling at clouds right now. Yeah, we really are. We're shaking a broom on our porch. (laughs) And we will be back to do even more of that after this. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro (laughs) aunt at this point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking, I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360 degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at them. And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trust Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Hello, Hellions. You know we listen to a lot of podcasts that aren't our own. And today we want to tell you about a podcast that really speaks to us and will speak to any parent of a child with special education needs. The podcast is called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. One of my kids has an IEP, and I found this podcast so validating and so helpful. I feel better equipped to advocate for my child's educational needs now. This podcast is helpful for parents in many different situations, whether your child already has an IEP or you're just starting to wonder if they might need extra support in the classroom. Juliana has content for kids of all ages and for kids who are learning English as an additional language as well. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Amy, let's talk about gender reveal parties. Uh, Why are they a thing? Yeah, I mean, they're after our time. I've never been to one, and I never had one. I never even found out the gender of my children before they were born. That's what I was going to say. My hot take is, wait to find out. It's super fun to be surprised in the room. I feel that I would be very annoyed to be invited to a gender reveal party. Again, it's another activity around your baby. Maybe. I feel like if you want to have the grandparents over in the backyard and like cut into a cake, eh, 
it's fine with me. I do think that like, as Danielle says, gender reveal parties should be more accurately called, guess what genitalia my fetus has? Like, And then wait, we'll tell you with outdated ideas of what color males and females should wear and prefer. Yeah, it feels dated and weird. And then it has also now grown into like two people jump out of a plane and the one who's in blue, you know, opens the parachute. It's they've gotten again, it's become that kind of like race to nowhere of like, if you explode balloons, then I set a giant forest fire with a rocket. I just think maybe we should just take a step back from these gender reveal, but make it dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. And then (laughs) Andrea brought up not only promposals, let's put a pin, we'll get back to promposals. But she said baby gender reveals, pet gender reveals, parents, I'm not making this up close parents. If you invite me to your pet gender reveal party, I will spray everyone at the party with a hose. I don't even understand that. So this be you're getting a dog from a breeder, which is already, you know, a choice, right? And then you know that you're going to get a girl puppy like seriously nobody cares except or your parakeet like has eggs is a complete mystery skip my <laughs> invitation to your gender reveal party and your yeah but really your pet gender reveal party i want no part of it okay let's go back to promposals though i have not been in the place of promposals like they're not a thing so much in new york city so like i've had a son go to a prom and He went with his girlfriend. It wasn't a promposal. It was understood. That's really what's so weird about it. Like, you're going out. Like, you like each other. Will you go to the prom with me? Again, it doesn't have to have skydiving in it. But now it kind of does. I'm going to go old school. Here's the correct way to ask anyone to the prom. You awkwardly shuffle up to their locker with always looking at your feet, making eye contact with your feet the entire time. Yes, yes. And then you awkwardly mumble in a voice that is almost too low to hear. Will you go to prom with me? Mm-hmm. That's how we ask people to the prom. There's no other way. I'm in general opposed to having important conversations over text. But if you are a shy teenager, that's also available. Will you go to the prom with me? Yeah. Prom question mark as a text. That's fine with me. That's fine. But now you have to do. Yeah. When I saw this starting to happen for my friend's kids, I was just like, what in the world? Really? It's so stressful and outdated because it's like the guy has to ask the girl. I mean, I guess if it's two boys or two girls. I never got asked to the prom. I asked, I mean, I may have mentioned this before. I was not a popular child in high school. And I ended up going to my senior prom with my first cousin because... He won't let you forget it either. I've been in the room as he's brought it up. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it is like what's scary about it to me looking back is like, I thought it was a really good idea. I was like, here's a solution to a problem. Like, I don't know any boys who will speak to me. I really get along with my cousin. I have a great time with him. I will bring him to the prom. And like, then people were like, how do you know each other? And I was like, we're cousins. And people were like, appalled. It it, it was a pretty weird move. But looking back, it didn't seem weird at the time. Here's a hot take for you. Why are proms a thing? Like, I think there should be a party that you get to celebrate that we're seniors. But this idea, my son's high school, because of COVID, did it on a boat last year. They did like a little dinner cruise around the Hudson River. And so it wasn't a dinner dance. You didn't have to sit down at table eight and then awkwardly ask. Like, there was a dance floor. There was music. You could also stand outside in the boat. You could also. And so groups of kids, some kids went with dates and some kids went with their friends. And you could wear a suit if you wanted to. And you could wear a Halloween costume if you wanted to. That's what it should be. It'd just be a big party. 
I guess. And then you can ask somebody. I mean, yeah, you can ask if they're going out, you're going to go together. Going back to our dating episode, I think it is nice to be able to be like, hey, I like this girl. I want to take her to prom, like to practice the feeling of like, I have a romantic feeling towards someone and I want to ask them to prom. But I think there should probably be an option for like, and that's always what we did. We went with a group. I would say back in my day, like you kind of had to have an identifiable date, like you had to write your date's name on a card. And I went to an all girls school, so you had to like scrounge up a date. And the dates were boys at that time, for sure, right? Like, nobody was saying, I'm going to bring a girl. Yes, correct. That's right. So, like, your dates were boys. And, I mean, it was a random assortment. I mean, a lot of us, especially me, had no contact with uh, boys. So, I, again, invited my cousin. But it was pretty awkward. and I feel like if you go to a co-ed school or you're allowed to invite someone of any gender, then you're better off. Like, it seems like, okay... First of all, it's less like heteronormative. Second of all, it's less pressure. And then also there could be an expectation of like no dates at all. But I think there is something a little bit in that time of life where it's like, this is a good time to start practicing, like expressing romantic feelings towards other people. I guess. (laughs) If you're one of those people. (laughs) All right. We've gotten far afield. Let's just go back to why is this a thing? Yeah. How about kids' milestones? This is an interesting thing. How are we made to feel so stressed about kids' milestones when it will all work out? Not talking about, sure, kids don't have major issues in addressing them, but more like if your kid potty trains at two versus three or they talk earlier or later, why does it sometimes feel like a competition? We've had a pediatrician write in about this before because we were sort of like, milestones, they just make people feel bad. And this pediatrician was like, yeah, but there, we were talking about head sizes, how you and I and half the people we know were told our babies had dangerously giant baby heads. And it was not, a, you know, like whatever. They just have big heads. Some babies have big heads. And this pediatrician was like, yeah, but sometimes it is. a thing. So it's like these we do need to have these. We're sorry we alarm people unnecessarily, but sometimes it's not unnecessarily. So that's true. This is what I think. Your milestones should come from your pediatrician, not your neighbors or your friends. Ah, Or Facebook. Right, right, right. Or Facebook. Because I do think I have often pushed back on the thing where I'm sort of like, what are your kids reading? Like, I'm trying to find a good book for my fourth grader. And people are like, my child is reading, uh, you know. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, oh, okay. Could I just talk to someone who was going to be like, my weird school books are fun for fourth graders? Like... I do think there's two different things going on here. So like the developmental milestones of like, is your kid walking yet? Is he walking yet? Oh, mine's walking. He's cruising. He's pulling up. That's competition. But I absolutely agree that having had a kid who did not meet some developmental milestones, it turned out to be an issue that is fine now, but that needed to be addressed with physical therapy and some other therapies and that you want to do those therapies young. So if it feels like keeping up with the Joneses, like who's got the best walker conversation, it's a no. But if your pediatrician gives you developmental guidelines, you should pay attention to them. You should also take them with a grain of salt. My dad famously did not walk until he was like 16 months old. And my grandmother apparently like had back problems because she would carry him everywhere because she was so embarrassed he didn't know how to walk. He turned out fine. So there is kids can talk at four and have no lingering issues, but you should not ignore a kid who doesn't have any words at four. Yeah. Because everyone will basically turn out the same. Both things are true at the same time. 
This is hard because I feel like this is the like you have to set up your own sort of defense system around like I'm not going to worry that my sister thinks that. Yep. It's weird. He's not walking it at 16 months. You have to sort of separate out what doesn't doesn't matter. I want to shout out Mara or it could be Mara. Kids shopping carts at stores. Like the first time I saw this, I was like, it's so adorable. And these are the worst ideas. My guess is that they're like phasing these out because people have figured out that this is just an excuse for toddlers to like ram other people's shins with carts while they run around pretending to shop. These are like, I'm sorry, guys, I'm unfamiliar as a city dweller. You're in New York City. They don't have these. It's a tiny regular shopping cart that they're going up and down the aisles with. Correct. It's like mommy's little helper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually haven't seen one in a while, but they were a little bit hot when my kids were little. And the first time I saw one, I thought, oh, how fun. But you have your own full size shopping cart. You've completely lost control of your running toddler. You're doing this, right? Like you're like looking, you can't see over the edge of your six packs of Coke or whatever. All you can hear from like three hours away is like, sorry, mommy, I bashed the lady. And there's like someone crying and you're like, I'm just going to run away now. Yeah. Why are those a thing? That was a bad idea. A lot of people did not like dinosaurs on boy clothes. Why do all little boys clothes have dinosaurs or trucks on them? Yeah. Why can't there be other popular prints for boys? Also, why is everything gray or blue? The girls section has all sorts of colors, but everything for little boys is gray or blue. Interesting. It's so true. If you go to a, you know, a store for little kids, like the clothes, there's like 80% girls. And then there's like one little, you know, one aisle for boys. And yeah, they're definitely overselling. Now I had a dump truck aficionado in my house, but yeah, it's either dump trucks or dinosaurs. And dinosaurs, I do think we sort of ram that down kids' throats. Like, you're going to learn a lot about dinosaurs, little boy. And it's like, it's one of many things a kid could be interested in. Yeah. And my daughter famously had like a three or four-year-old birthday party. And it was a princess paleontology party. So the kids all came in giant <laughs> princess dresses. But then they had, we had little plastic paleontologist hats and they were like digging for dinosaur bones. And yeah, I think... Yeah, the gender stuff is wild. I do think it's getting a little bit better, but at a snail's pace. There was a famous thing years ago that one of the big diaper companies boxes, the picture was a little boy wearing diapers, like a one-year-old just standing with a briefcase in his hand. And the other box, first of all, there's no such thing as girls and boys diapers, but the girls box of diapers the girl was doing something absurd. Like she had a spatula. It was that kind of craziness. And people <gasps> got outraged and they changed it. But like things change so slowly. The idea of like, can we not decide on like our child's gender-based fate at one based on like wildly outdated concepts of what boys and girls are interested in? I think it is getting better. Like Target now is, they just have kids clothes they have preteens clothes and there's no assumption that you know a kid who's a girl isn't going to want a dinosaur t-shirt so we're getting there but then there's the real world ways to go all right we'll be right back amy you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top toast with peanut butter it's also by the way one of my favorite power breakfasts so we agree on that thing we were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter and i'm gonna tell you we used hero bread it adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar hero bread has remade the carby empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs zero gram sugar and fewer calories plus more protein and fiber while 
still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different and fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. And now, things we say that make us suspect we might be oldie locks. From the What Fresh Health Podcast. Oh, I hurt myself turning over too vigorously while I was napping. Well, that wasn't long ago. It was about like 10 years ago in the late 90s. I hope they gave you a discount on those jeans with the big holes in them. I can't understand any of the words to this song. Is it from the TikTok? Why is Madonna playing on the oldie station? Honey, don't worry. If I'm going to be late, I'll leave you a message on the answering machine on your cell phone. Hold on. I'll be right there. Ugh, I just should get up from the couch. Kids, stop screaming in the car or I can't concentrate to parallel park. I just need to print out this email so I can read it more carefully. Oh, let me get a picture. You look so cute. Okay, hold on. Somehow it's on video. Oh, no, wait. Now it's me. No, I don't want a picture of my face. How do I flip the camera? Please stay still. You're so cute. I'm going to get it. What is portrait mode? You know, back in my day. This has been Things We Say Now That Make Us Suspect We Are Oldie Locks. From the What Fresh Hell Podcast. Amy, let's start random. Let's just go in real random. And I okay. could not agree with this more. Big eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a funny thing. I mean, Amy and I see each other. I have never done anything with my eyebrows. You have dark eyebrows. Do you do stuff to your eyebrows? I mean, I put like eyebrow pencil on them as part of my makeup. Yes. Because oh. I I mean, I've got like dark hair, pale skin. So and my eyebrows, you know, I'm, I'm of a certain age. My eyebrows need a little help. I do not do anything to my eyebrows, but I realize I probably should. But thinking about my eyebrows has 
truly never occurred to me during this lifetime. I have never thought to myself, like, I need my eyebrows to look different. Mm -hmm. I have one eyebrow that grows like crazy long, like Andy Rooney, like it will go into my eyeball eventually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I eventually, I usually cut that off because it really, it looks insane that I have one like three foot long eyebrow, but I've had that since I was like a teenager. I occasionally do clip that bad boy back, but... The thing you see it on Facebook all the time. They're like, look at this amazing thing. And then they put like a piece of plastic on their eyebrow and they put like powder on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they pull it off. And to me, they have like Muppet eyebrows, like two giant pieces of felt above their eyes. But that's very hot now. That is strange to me because I'm like, yes, I like a, a well-filled in brow. You know, I like when there's hair, but I don't understand the like stenciled triangle of brown marker. But we're see we're not supposed to. It's not for us. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the reveals, and I'm like, oh no, this lady's gonna scream when she sees her crazy face, <laughs> and she's like, it's perfect, like it's that foreign to me. And sometimes people tattoo it on. Why is that a thing? Oh Lord, people, God bless you. Whatever you want to do with your eyebrows, respect. But I agree that I find it very confusing. Let's go to another random one. Katie wants to know why puppuccinos are a thing. Do you know what these are? I mean, another on the list of 8,000 reasons I don't have a dog. Yeah. She said, my kids begged me to get one for a dog after watching some dog vlog. Why are those a thing? And it was literally some whipped cream in a cup. I feel like a fool. Marshmallow doesn't know about puppuccinos. I'm going to say that I blame the TikTok for many of these things. <laughs> I feel like TikTok is responsible for dogs need a cappuccino. For dogs need a lot of things, right? Like I had to find a picture of my dog recently. We're renting a house for a week this summer and we were going to bring the dog. And so the owner of the home quite reasonably is like, I just asked for a picture of the pet. So I kind of understand, you know, what kind of pet it is. <laughs> I like that you think that's reasonable. I think it's really weird, but okay. What's well, her house? It's her house and I'm bringing the dog. What can she tell about a dog from a picture? I guess she knows it's small. You can tell what kind of breed it is and how big it is. Yeah, I'm like it's small. Well, what's small? Let me see it. But anyway, for me to dig up a picture of Marshmallow, and I wasn't home at the time I was traveling, so I couldn't just, you know, go take a picture of her. To find a picture of Marshmallow, I finally had to go to one of my kids' Instagram feeds to find a picture of my dog, like with sunglasses on, of course. There's a lot to unpack in that phrase, Amy. But that's unusual, I think, for a dog owner these days to not have like extensive photo evidence, um, proof photo evidence of their daily existence. I do take a lot of pictures of my cat because she's just cute. <laughs> Another thing that we have to blame on TikTok, many things. People shouted out Elf on the Shelf, the Leprechaun, like all of the like fake holiday things. The Leprechaun Trap. That was what my sister, she's like, do not finish this episode without saying like Leprechaun Traps. Like people, we have to stop with this. Yeah, I think that's, and I don't know if that's TikTok, but I do know that anything but a backpack day, we can blame on TikTok. I have never heard of this, but seven different people wrote mean things about it as they should. So what's anything but a backpack day? Someone posted recently, apparently it's a thing that kids' schools now do, anything but a backpack day. Like you can bring your school supplies in anything but a backpack. Like you can bring it like in a garbage bag, like a Santa sack, or you can bring it in like a suitcase. It's like a fun thing to do. But I mean, <laughs> apparently Gina definitely says this is something we can blame TikTok for. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think like how you could be extra with that. There are probably a lot of ways like, so you just put it in a different bag and bring it to school in a different bag. Like who cares? But there's probably... How is this fun for the kids? Because once they're just walking into school and then putting it away. I just feel like, guys, it's all fun enough. It's school. 
It's not supposed to be fun. This is a good one. Jenna wants to know like why it's a thing that when you have a Facebook birthday that everybody else has to go through. People are just being nice, right? But there are people who are like, they will let you, they'll say happy birthday every year on Facebook, even though you haven't seen each other in 15 years. And now you have to like go in and individually thank the 300 people who have wished you a happy birthday on Facebook. Why is this a thing? Now you have to message them back on Facebook to say thank you for messaging me, wishing me a happy birthday. And it's a thing. I mean, I just don't, but I, I feel bad about it and don't write back to the 300 people. We've talked about this before, two kind of people in the world, people who reply to everybody who wishes them happy birthday on Facebook and people who don't. And people who wish people happy birthdays on Facebook and people who don't. I am neither of these people. Yes, I'm a Facebook wisher generally. And then I have again, like I probably set the bar too high. I started by being like, hey, Amy. I really think that you are an awesome podcast. So I, try, I actually try to say something nice to the person. Okay. Instead of HBD. Yeah. Well, I do like to write to some people and be like, I have gone out of my way to come all the way to your wall with these three simple letters. HBD. <laughs> like I try to make a joke of how dumb it is to wish people. And then I have a friend, one of my closest friends, husband does my favorite thing that happens on Facebook, he does a bit every year on his birthday where he, about four o'clock in the afternoon, starts calling out people by tagging them who have not wished him happy birthday. <laughs> and he puts like a big clock up and he's like, the clock is ticking. I have not heard from. And they're like, I'm sure like his mechanic and like just random people. But it is to me such a funny bit. I laugh at it every year. I wait his birthday every year when he starts like randomly naming people who have yet to wish him happy birthday because it's a great goof on what's so dumb about that. It's a great goof. Although I will say like when I do wake, it's not like I'm not happy on my birthday to wake up and have 300 people I went to high school with wishing me a happy birthday. Like it is kind of nice. But it's an empty, it's a kind of an empty happiness, you know? It's a little bit like I got a, um, I think I posted on Facebook. I got a text one morning and it was like, on your special day, we hope that great things, you know, and I was like, who is this from? And it was from my dentist from like four years, like seven years ago when I lived in LA. Like dentist, dentist, yeah, previous, previous. It's kind of like, I don't need a text from my, and it was really emotional. I was like, is this from like my long lost brother? And it was like, no, it's from your dentist from seven years ago. Why are those a thing? I want to just read, there was a lot of complaining about swimsuits and how they fit and don't cover the right pieces, but Chrissy really summed this whole topic up with, amen, cut those things below the cheeks, people. Nobody looks good with half a cheek oozing out. No. No. I mean, cover the bum. That's the thing. I think there are some people who look good in almost anything, but I like a lot of coverage at this point. <laughs> Okay, I have a good one. Jen, you are ringing my bell with this one. Why does it take 40 minutes to check into a hotel that you've already reserved? I just went on vacation with my husband and my daughter and they're like, sit down. Like, like I think they think the longer that it takes, the more glamorous that it feels to you. It's like, okay, just give me my key. It should take 30 seconds and they type and they type and then there's a screen and they have to sign something. And yeah, what is that about? Why is that a thing? You should be able to just walk to your room. I think there are certain like apps where you can do that, but like, I hate that. Wait, I feel, tell me if I'm right, the more expensive the hotel, the longer it takes to check in. Absolutely. Because we spend a lot of time at like holiday inns, you know, like we drive up and okay, let's stay nearer to the place we're going. And if you go on, you know, a more generic brand hotel, my husband has an app where the key to the room pops up on his phone. You walk in and you walk right to your room and you check in. 
But twice lately, one was Disney World and the other was my husband and I got away for a weekend and we had points from the pandemic and we upgraded to really fancy hotels. And for some reason, like they want you to start the experience with like 40 minutes of standing around while they check 86 different things. Amen. And like this place, our room wasn't ready yet. So like, we'll text you when your room's ready. P.S. They didn't. I go back like two hours later, like, is our room ready? Oh, yes, it is. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> have my hand out. Like, may I have the key? Have a seat. Like, I don't want to have a seat. I don't want this like bespoke experience. Hand me my room key. Right. We're not friends. We're not friends. Give me a key. Yes. Reader, I sat down. I did sit down eventually when it was clear it wasn't going to be a 30 second exchange. Yeah. I don't know why that's a thing. But why? You're right. Like, why? That's how it was at Disney World, too. Like, we stayed at a fancy place and it was very much like have a seat it's like i've got 46 bags and 92 children like why would i want to have a seat and disney world is right over there can i please just be done with this part of it right we're not here to sit in the lobby and experience it get me out of here amy how about we finish with a speed round got it let's do it you ready yes how about uh shirts that don't have shoulders like the cold shoulder thing, right? Like they have straps, but then, yeah. And those are kind of over now, right? Like I think those are mostly on clearance racks at this point. I think so. We go to some mom conferences and mom events. And I will say there was a couple of years where like the cold shoulder, they call them cold shoulder because it's just a hole at your shoulders. I don't know who came up with this idea. I think they look terrible <laughs> on everyone and I'm not a fan. <laughs> There's a picture of me right here on the wall. I wish you guys could see it. I'm wearing a dress that has a cold shoulder thing. It was like a beach picture of our whole extended family. And like, it'll be forever 2018 when I look at that picture. Amy, uh, needing scissors to open scissor packages. <laughs> so a package of scissors that you need. <laughs> it's a good one. That shouldn't be. Those should definitely tear to open. It's a good one. Candles on cakes. I thought the pandemic ended that. Went to a party recently and the kid blew all over the cake. I just was at a birthday party and they had sparkler candles and they were like, yeah, we're done with blowing on cakes. We know that's disgusting now. Yeah, I'm trying to think like, is there another way? Could you wave your hand over them to blow them out? Not really, right? That just... Uh... I think you got to move to the sparklers. Mm -hmm. okay. Or you just forget. Like you just were like, ah, we're going to just do a mind wipe and forget. Just sing happy birthday. Junk mail. We already know how you handle your junk mail. We've already discussed this. You throw it out in the lobby. I sort on the way in. Yes. You sort. <laughs> Do you have that sorting mechanism set up? You were going to move to my apartment building and then we decided, no, you could just have a... Would you like to take nine guesses about whether or not I set up a mail sorting no. system? I did not. I did not. I did not. I did not. Slime people. No more slime. We were very recently gifted slime. And I, it was a close enough friend of mine that I was like, do you hate me? Like who gives someone slime? Yeah. yeah people talk about how it gets into your rug. That's it. I, I have a, from the new slime I have, I'm banging on my table in, in fury. I have a new slime stain. That's it. Like you cut off that part of the rug or just have it there and close. Was it ever that fun slime? There has never been a moment of joy, only moments of tears that have resulted from slime. Yeah, it's just not worth it. Someone says getting carded. Why am I still getting carded at the grocery store? I have good genes, but I know I'm not under 21. I feel I have to say I was carded the other day at a diner when I ordered a drink. 
And I literally left at the guy. He said, do you have ID? I was with, I had not brought my wallet because I was with my husband who was paying because I'm a 1950s housewife apparently. But I just literally left at the guy and I was like, that table of kids over there are all mine and they're all teenagers. It is literally physically impossible for me to be under 21. <laughs> and he brought me a drink. <laughs> but I did not mind being carded. I felt it was complimentary. I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I mind it when it's like, oh, my wallet's in the car. Like, really? I have to go out to the car to get my my ID, but I'll take the win, even though I know they're just doing it because they do it to everybody. Amy, let's finish strong with a random one that really tickled my fancy because it is annoying and I hadn't thought about it. Schools teaching reduce, reuse, recycle by letting kids make crafts out of other people's trash. Have you had this? <laughs> Trish says, seriously, I don't need a gross used soy milk carton boat for our tub <laughs> or a box that could have been recycled, transformed into a mansion. I really laughed because this is, I get the idea. Listen, good on you for trying to teach, but like the solution to our earth's problems do not come from my kids making things out of our trash. It comes from reduce. Like, I think we kind of forget, right? We forget. And we always say this, right? It's garbage the minute it comes in your front door, not the minute you throw it out, right? It's like, mm -hmm. that's it. That's where we hate goodie bags. That's where we hate, like, puppuccinos. Like, we don't need to create <laughs> more and more things. But then don't make me make a silly hat out of the puppuccino cup because that somehow is saving the earth. So we're going to reduce puppuccinos, bushy eyebrows, and the amount of slime. We're reducing it all. Let's reduce everything that should not exist. That's what we've learned. That's how we've solved it today. Yep. We don't want this to be a thing. Friends, what we do want to be a thing is you reviewing our podcast. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Review and throw us some stars. Give us a couple of, you know, HBDs if you're listening right now. Yeah. Instead of writing HBD on our timeline, <laughs> give us five stars and say this is the best podcast that's ever existed. Share it with your friends. Help us spread the word. We know so many of you are doing that already and we really appreciate it. And with that, I sure do. we will talk to you next time. So long. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. 
Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.